1: Good morning, everybody.
2: Friday, part one. Guess what? Ah, uh, my goodness. We are back on YouTube. So that's the first bit of good news. Exciting. And I'm waiting for Erin. I think she, uh, she's in the studio alone today. So I think she, I don't think she forgot about us. She might just need to refresh her link. Mm-hmm. Blake and Aaron, part of the the morning show now. We've gotten so used to them. Um, so we shall see where she is this morning. Give me a second here. I'm actually gonna pull up some news on the. Pandemic, all sorts of crazy things going on. I hope you guys are listening because we need to go through a few things this morning, as it relates to, um, as it relates to, um, sorry, as it. We need to go through a few things this morning, as it relates to the government here in the Cayman Islands and what they've been up to. A few people are confused. About what's going on, so you know we gotta we gotta set the record straight here. So I'm just um, looking for my video, but I kind of don't want to upload it if Erin's gonna jump in because I know she's got a time schedule when she brings us in. So um, in the UK, that allow me to put on my second pair of eyes. Um, first of all, we're out of YouTube jail. Yay, we're back. Um, I can't even be bothered with YouTube some days, (laughs) but we are back. So, Amiria, um, good morning to you. I see that you found the YouTube link this morning. Yes, good folks. We're back out of YouTube jail, and so we'll see how that goes. Um, I think that they're just a little bit more challenging sometimes than even Facebook. Um... But yes, we're going to have a look at what's going on in the UK. They had a press conference a couple of days ago as England lifted um their restrictions. I don't
1: know. I
0: Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake
1: and Aaron's spilling the tea with Sandy.
0: K Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR.
1: All right. You knew I'd get it there eventually. You there? <laughs> Good, Good morning, Aaron. Morning. I see something. I'm like, what's going on here? I'm like, just hanging <laughs> out. See my phone, refresh link from Blake. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, here I am. So, how's it going? Yes, I'm good. How are you? Good morning. Oh, good you, morning. You know, just still trying to uh, get Remember this. Remember everything. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what's going on? What's the latest? Um. Well, today
2: there's a lot of talk about what government has been up to. Some people are a little bit confused about government giving themselves a pay raise, which actually isn't accurate, but we're going to break it down okay. and explain it to everyone. Um, we're going to talk about, I'm just pulling up my newsfeed here this morning, uh, the UK, a bit of good news for people who are vaccinated here in the Cayman Islands. Mm -hmm. When you travel now to the UK and you're going through a Amber, a country before you had to quarantine, now you no longer have to quarantine. Even if you travel in transit through an Amber company, like country, like the US, like Jamaica and so on. Oh, really? Yes. So, Okay. Yeah, so that's pretty good Yeah, Um, because sometimes you can't get a direct flight. You can't get on that BA flight. You've got to go through another jurisdiction to be able to go to the UK. So um, I think that's actually some pretty good news for people, and they'll probably be super excited to hear that. So um, It was funny.
1: Blake actually uh, sent me a message about 5.20 in the morning because he's on his way to the BRAC right now. Yes, I gathered as much. Yeah. And so he said he sent me a message. Do I need a vaccination card to go to the BRAC? (laughs) I know he asked me as well. And I was like, no, you're good. You're good. No vaccination card needed. Okay. I Um, mean, yeah, I guess he's just trying to cover his bases, but he did leave it till 520, like about an hour before he was (laughs) leaving. Yeah, Aaron, you know, men.
2: (laughs) I'm surprised he wasn't already at the airport messaging, like, hmm. But, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, but yeah, you know,
1: yeah, it cool. is
2: what it is.
1: Um, and uh, are you out of YouTube jail?
2: Finally, right? That's good. That was, that was sort of a long week, um, more so for our viewers than for me. Cause I'm still, I'm a YouTube person for consumption purposes, but not really for uploading.
1: Mm-hmm. That's I'm
2: surprised at sometimes what they put you in jail for. Like it's really, really bizarre. Yeah. But um yeah, so we are out of YouTube jail and we've got a few people already um, who've noticed that this morning. So they're back on the YouTube stream stream. Oh, so that's sweet. good news.
1: All right. Well and, cool. Well yeah. we will check in with you tomorrow. Coming up at 7:45 for everyone out there, we've got astrologer Dawn.
2: Ooh, la la, oh well, gosh. Yeah. The place might blow up if we dare to have her on again.
1: Well, you know. I'll just yeah. Well, I- I'll just promote it and leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one, Aaron. Tell her I said hello. <laughs> I will. Bye, everyone. All, All right. right. Okay, folks. So,
2: you know, a few of you <clears throat> were getting really antsy <clears throat> last week with astrologer Dawn. Um, entertainment purposes only. Trust me. Um, so yeah, we're gonna talk about a few things. China. I don't know why right now everything seems to be coming of China <laughs> in terms of. Uh, All the crazy viruses and so on. But I'm going to get some water. So I'm going to play a bit of news um, for you guys. And then I'm actually going to um, grab some water. And um, oh, I've noticed this morning that I'm definitely going to need that water. Um, Just catching up on, on a few... News bits for the day. Give me one second. So yeah, so the UK started to um, lift the um, restrictions a couple days ago, and you guys got to see the nightclubs. Oh my God, uh, it's just it's just crazy. Um, maybe we'll maybe we'll watch this one because I'm just surprised at how. Um, How incredibly, Uh, listen, I guess people are sick of being locked up and now they're like, we're free, let us out. And so they're going in the opposite direction than they should be going. And this is one of the reasons why, you know, COVID is going to be around um, a lot longer probably than it should be, because quite frankly, the people, aka us humans, um, just can't take good instructions you know it's like okay we're reopening but our numbers are still rising and you guys need to relax we're just coming out of euro cup and all this other stuff and this is where governments have to know their people the second they reopen have a look at this folks
1: this is what life's about we have all waited for this moment for a long long time what did you say <laughs> uh, you i'm buzzing i'm buzzing me Six, five. Four, three, two, one! Oh, yeah. 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 It's been amazing to pull that lockdown, it's been so good. It's felt like a dream. People are dancing, we're all drinking again, no social distancing. This is what life's about. Absolutely, it's been absolutely amazing. It's like literally life's just back to normal all of a sudden. It's, it. it's just better to be free again, not be taught to sit down all the time. It's so good. Being able to dance with family and friends is so good. <laughs>
2: I'm literally not stressed how much I miss being able to go out and
1: just dance and just have a laugh. Like it's been the best night for so long. Like I literally can't, I can't even stress. Like, I love it. It's been literally the best night of our lives. Like, we've been waiting for this since we turned 18. You just want to be free. You want freedom? Freedom! That's all we want. You want freedom but yeah. you're, not, you're not worried at all and you're just excited. No, I'm not worried at all. No, I'm just excited, new future let's get it yeah because i'm a massive massive social person me and this lot now i found it really tough because i've been stuck at home a lot we've been the last ones to get the vaccine we've always had we've always been the blame we've been the blame for the spread of the covid and it's just nice to get freedom and kind of like push it all off i like my vaccination and we're obviously young people so I feel like we've sort of missed out on like a year of our lives, so it's just great to be around people again. And just enjoy yourselves.
2: All right, folks. Uh, there you have it. People so excited to be, um, you know, out of lockdown that they're going the complete opposite direction than they probably should be going. So I wouldn't be surprised if the UK enters into another lockdown uh, probably very, very soon. Um, I get it on the one hand, I understand that we are social creatures and that uh, you know people really enjoy each other's company, but environments like a nightclub, it's like, come on, that's a bit extreme. And uh, again, it just demonstrates that we kind of work against ourselves. And I think any government leaders that look at situations like this and what has happened elsewhere in the world are very much aware that the second you tell people that the borders are open, or not even the borders are open, but the quarantine restrictions are lifted, they um, are going to just go hog wild and do, you know, whatever, (laughs) whatever they want. Um so yeah, they, there you have it folks. Um uh yeah. It's just it's just crazy. Um uh, yeah. So uh that's what's happening this morning um, in the UK, two days later, everybody's out partying. You saw the one guy in that video, he was kind of like, um, oh, you know, he's been under so much stress locked up and we get it. I mean, trust me, we, we definitely understand that. And, um, you know, this is now like the best night of their lives and, you know, they're going to just party. They just want to have a great time. And you, sorry, you think that their vibe would be more of a, you know, yeah, we're going to have a good time, but let's do so uh, cautiously. Let's let's take our time and maybe have a house party with trusted friends that we know, you know, that are all vaccinated. Did you hear the one woman said that they were getting the blame um, as people who weren't getting vaccinated? So finally, I guess she went out and um, decided to get vaccinated. Okay, great. But that doesn't mean that you can't catch COVID. And, you know, it doesn't mean that um, they're not some impact for other people. So you should still try some of those um, social distancing recommendations. And when you're jam-packed in a nightclub, everybody's sweating and breathing all over each other, putting all that into the air. eh, You can see that this isn't probably going to work out well for them. So give it another month or so. um, We will get all of the facts. And, um, we're going to let you know how that pans out for them. If I was a betting woman, which I'm not, I would dare say that, um, they're going to have a little bit of an issue. That's just me. What do y'all think? All right. So again, big shout out to our YouTube fans. <clears throat> Got it back in lock. Good morning, Morna. Good morning, Omiria. Karen is here. Mr. David is here joining us. David, are you back? I know you said you were coming back. Are you in quarantine right now? Remind me of where you are because I'm trying to remember. Um, I know you were in route or coming soon sort of thing. <clears throat> so here's the big news, folks. We have ran out of mugs. We are literally completely out of mugs. Um, it's crazy, but the mugs went so much faster than anyone expected. In less than a week, they're all gone. So we're going to have to place another order, I think. Um, A lot of you, I was trying to save some mugs, and then I had so many people going by the office, and it was closed, and then they're like, can I come now to get a mug? And I was like, all right, come see me. So I don't even know. I underestimated what I had left on me. So I think it's fair to say that we don't really have anything left. Um, So yeah, there's, there's that. So we got to order some more, but they, they went like hotcakes, like literally the, the young lady at the office where they were said, Oh my God, Sandy, people are coming in here. We were like, what's in these mugs that people want? <laughs> they were grabbing like three, four because they had to take for this person and that person. And you know, um, they just went super quickly this time. So if you missed out, stay tuned. We're going to try to get some more. Good morning, Rita. Good morning, Olivia. Ervalyn is here. Anderson, thank you, Miss Louisa. Uh, Diamond Princess Sapphire, where have you been? I've missed you. Bonnie, uh, Marshall, Alice, Sandy's here. Uh, Yes, it's Thursday, which is um, Friday, part one. But we know it's Thursday. Tommy, joining us in the Bahamas, Buenos Dias, Alba. Uh, Miss Ellen, good morning. Yeah, um, I am back on YouTube um we just have to like i said we got blocked in youtube because of the parliamentary um hearing they said that that was spam or something which makes absolutely no sense but maybe until then we don't air any of those on youtube i don't know it's really bizarre uh catherine good morning odette carson um elizabeth Good morning, Siobhan. Just sorry, is here. Kristen, uh, Mr. Cecil. Charm says the UK government has no choice. That prick Matt Hancock was getting off with his aid. Um, Good morning, Miss Joy. Miss Joy got her mug, child. I love the uh, video that you sent us, Miss Joy. That was so nice. Um, Breaking his own COVID rules. Well, at least that's just one person he's getting off with. As you can see, these young people up in the club, Charlie, rumbing up in each other, gyrating. Um, Don says he's raising his CMR mug this morning. We've got more mug shots that are coming in, by the way. Um, oh, there's a little dog that's missing, or that's found, that someone is trying to catch. Um, I'm going to show you his picture because. Um, Oh, he's so cute. All right. um, <clears throat> Here's a picture of this little fella. If you're missing a dog, um, please have a look at this photo and see if this is your little puppy. I was trying to see if he's the one that there is one that's missing in Prospect, but uh, someone may have picked him up. Look at like this little cutie. Oh, he is so cute. I was just looking at some photos on my timeline this morning. You know how they always give you all these memories and stuff. they were showing me some memories of my little Coco. So sad. Um, but, yeah, this little one was found. Uh, Orange Drive and Birch Avenue in Prospect. So if you're missing a dog, if you know anyone who has a dog that looks like this, um, do let them know that someone is trying to catch it. It's a little fast. And some of these dogs will not go to people that they don't know. Um, others will jump right in your car and and sit on your lap. So it certainly depends on the dog, but this one seems a little bit skittish and, uh, not keen to, to be caught by anyone. So if this is your dog, please go and check out that area of prospect. Good morning to Louie. Thank you so much, Louis, for the photos that you send. Um, really appreciate those. Uh, Louie always has me cracking up with his marijuana plants. Um, Louie, are you growing, do you have marijuana plants in your yard? Is that where you're getting these photos from? Um, you have a small little plant in the backyard or what? What is this? I guess in Detroit you can grow your own plants because he sure has access to one. Um, so Louis' photo of the day, let me show you guys this one. Thanks Louis, for sending these in. <clears throat> now Louis was the one who sent the photo of the, um, CMR mug with the marijuana plant. A lot of y'all thought that one was pretty cool, but look at this one. He also has a rose garden. CMR hanging out in the garden right next to that beautiful pink rose. Um, absolutely gorgeous. Thank you for that shot. Don't forget to send us your mug shot. Good morning, Emma. Travis says, I'm so sorry for us when the country opens back up. Oh, honey child. Travis, you and I both, rest assured. Um, I I don't even know what to say. I mean, on one hand, I think who's going to be traveling and, you know, they're all going to be in lockdown, but they're going to be so desperate to get anywhere that has a decent beach and a little bit of sun that we might legit be inundated with requests um, for travel. And on the one hand, I guess people in the tourism sector might think, well, that's not a bad thing. But in terms of the fact that COVID isn't under control anywhere in the world, um. That probably isn't going to be a good thing for us. So, you know, we gotta we gotta be careful, folks, because this is what our future is going to look like: a bunch of drunk people um, at Stingray City, jumping in the water with the poor stingrays, <clears throat> bothering them. Carol says, good lord, embarrassed to be British, poor young people, snowflakes. I've missed a year of my life, blah, blah, blah. I know they're they're legit acting like um my gosh, like, oh, this is the best moment of my life. I'm just like, if that's the best moment of your life, going out to a nightclub because you just got out of COVID, your life must pretty must be pretty uninteresting, even when there was no lockdown, because I'm just like, that's the epitome of what you look forward to. Louis says that he socializes right here in CMR. Um, good morning, um, Mr. Hero Blair, back on, on uh, YouTube. Good morning, Vernita. <clears throat> yeah, Louis says I still wear a mask and social distancing where I go out. Well, the truth of the matter is, as K-Man transitions into reopening, that's going to be what we will have to do. We will have to put the mask back on and we will have to social distance. And that's what I'm thinking. Maybe the next merch that we get should be CMR mask and not really any more mugs because soon we're going to all need a mask. Good morning, Larry. Thank you for joining us from New York. Jackie's here. Miss Sue and Felicia. Uh, Rohan says, good morning. I need a mug as soon as you get the next set. Yes, I will let you guys know. Monique. Um, Ms. Morna says, I think he belongs to the guy called Silver Fox on Radio Man, who lives in Prospect. Silver Fox. Oh, um, Paul cow. Let me look at Paul's doggy photo because Paul did have a dog that went missing. Um, let me see if that looks like him. That doesn't really look like him though, unless he's... I'm trying to look at the picture that Paul sent us. But dogs look different depending on how short or long their hair is. That's why, listen, if you have a dog, hey, Daniel, I see you on Instagram. If you have a dog and you really love your dog, you know, sometimes they get out and they're up to naughtiness. Um, Take a photo of them at different stages because you know when they have a short haircut, they look different. When they're growing out and they're a little bit more shaggy, they look different. So um, I'm actually going to send this to Paul and see if this is his dog. But we had gotten word that somebody had picked up a dog that looked like, um, the dog, Paul's dog and put it in a car. So I'm not so sure. Um, if this would be him, but an owner would be able to know, cause the owner kind of knows, you know, um, what their dogs look like. So I'm going to post this and see. So, um, Instagram folks, good morning. We just have a dog that is uh, between Orange Drive and Birch Avenue in Prospect. Someone is trying to collect him, but he's being a bit evasive. He or she is being a bit evasive. So, we're going to just post this just in case um, this is somebody's dog that they're looking for. Because trust me, the sooner you find a dog that has gone walking about, um, the better, really. Um, Because then they start to potentially get in trouble with other dogs or getting in the garbage or, you know, they start to get hungry after a couple hours of not being at home. Um, Some dogs have good sense to try to find their way back home. And then other dogs just get a little bit confused, really. Um, So thank you so much to all the good people out there who will spot a dog and try to help. You know, I always carry a dog leash in my car because you never know when you're gonna come upon a dog that needs a little bit of assistance finding their way back home. So mm-hmm. I always keep a dog leash in the trunk and then I feel like, you know, I can just put them on the leash, put them in the car and try to get them some help or whatever. Um, so Louis says he grows his own medicine. Big Pharma has nothing on him. So <laughs> Louis has his own marijuana plants right in his garden. And here's one that he took and showed us this picture. Check this one out, Facebook and YouTube folks look at that. Here's, um, a mosquito on the marijuana plant. <laughs> the mosquito's getting himself a little bit of, a little high for the morning as well. That's pretty funny, actually. But uh, yes, thank you so much, Louis. Um, so Diana, thank you. Romelia, Mr. Romilia's here. And um, Louis says more dogs end up in shelters because they won't come when they're called and they spend a little time teaching um, through positive reinforcement, spend a little time teaching. Yes. You know, I have been a dog lover all of my life. And um, many, many years ago, when I had my first dog as an adult, his name was Oscar. And I took him to doggy training because that's the thing you do, especially when you're in the States and it's like super easy and whatever. So I took him to puppy classes, puppy training. And the first thing that the guy said, in puppy classes, listen, you want to teach your puppy early on that when you call them, they should come to you because it could save their lives. Sometimes they run off and they're about to get hit by a car or whatever. And um, you want to know that when you call your dog, they will come to you immediately. And so we focus a lot on that particular thing, calling the dog and to come to you. And the natural instinct of a dog, which is kind of funny, is that If you chase them, especially puppies, they think you're playing a game and they're actually going to run from you. So the part of the rules that we learned is don't ever chase a dog. You know, if, if they're excited and you're trying to get them, don't chase them because then their natural instinct is to run away from you. In fact, what you should do because your puppy is already starting to bond with you is you start to walk away from the dog. And then dogs like, where are you going? You can't leave me here. And they start to follow you. So it's kind of like a little bit of reverse psychology. But there you have it. So we got a lot to talk about this morning. Um, Carson says you saw the mosquito on the um, herb tree laughing out loud. Yes, he's getting himself a little bit of um, medicine for the day, perhaps. So, um, Ms. Brenda, yes. Um, let's talk about some of what's going on in the world of news regarding the vaccine, the UK and the Cayman Islands. So listen, a bit of good news, I suppose, from our perspective is that if you have been vaccinated in the Cayman Islands, this came out late last night, you do not have to, um, and if you're traveling to the UK, so a lot of people are concerned, especially with children, but how are they going to get back next month or the month after whenever you kids go back to school, how are they going to get back to university because the flights, the BA flights are booked and, you know, they're trying to find alternative routes to go through. And so this is good news for people who are finding themselves in that situation. Um, Essentially, you can now go through an Amber company, which includes the U S Jamaica. Um, let me just see what other American countries on the list. Uh, and there will be no need to quarantine when you get to the UK. So to be clear, because it was a little bit confusing when I first read this press release, I was like, what? <laughs> what are they saying? What has changed? Um, so just let me clarify what it is, right? So regulations in the UK have changed to allow residents of the British Overseas Territory, so this just isn't Cayman, this is any um, BOT, um, who has been vaccinated under the UK vaccination program to be treated as if they were actually vaccinated directly by the UK's National Health Service, by the NHS. So what that means for us as a BOT is that when we now travel in particular, because I think if we are traveling direct, there would have been no need to quarantine anyway. But if you're traveling to travel through an Amber company, they're applying the same rules where essentially uh, you do not have to quarantine. So if your child has to go in transit through Jamaica in order to get back to the UK, um, when they get back there, they will not have to uh, quarantine. So, so far, this new position, this new rule, does not extend to Northern Ireland, Scotland, or Wales. So please keep that in mind if you're traveling beyond. Um, and, it, you know, they see it as a positive thing for Cayman residents who have been vaccinated on island and who want to travel to England via what's considered a lot of the common transit companies, uh, countries, the Bahamas, the United States, Canada, Jamaica, and any other amber country that's so good. So another benefit to um, if you decided to get vaccinated. Um, in addition, let us be reminded that the UK is not currently accepting the vaccination cards given to Cayman Islands residents as verified proof of vaccination. However, um, the governor's office has been working in conjunction with the HSA and the public health department to develop a standard certificate in line with other BOTs, which can be used for entry into the UK. And this is a bit of good news. So the chief medical officer, Dr. Lee, has said that while a letter of certification um, has been developed for entry through the UK border, he just wanted to remind Cayman Islands residents who have been vaccinated locally that this is for border entry purposes only. So at this time, it is not possible to have a Cayman vaccination entered into the UK securely verifiable electronic NHS system. Mm-hmm. So essentially they won't accept our cards, but they have come up with an alternative method of confirmation, which is a letter of certification, but it doesn't put your, your status in their system yet. And I think that's that's probably maybe what they're eventually trying to get to, but I'm sure um, with all of the BOTS, you know, they are doing whatever is necessary to ensure that that happens um, in whatever method it will eventually take form, right? But you know, the UK has their own regulations and laws and stipulations in place for how they're handling entry into their country. Of course, you guys know that they're using the, the lighting system, green, amber, and red. Uh, we are on the green wait list, which there's a bit of confusion about. So if you need this letter of certification, you can get it from the Medical Office of Health. And mem- members of the public are asked to apply by email to nola.sanderson at hsa.ky. That's N O L A Dot sanderson, s-a-n-d-e-r-s-o-n at hsa.ky. Attach a copy of your vaccination card. Um, apparently, you're able to upload it by email. And um, the request takes about three business days to process. So give yourself six business days because you know they're going to be busy with all the kids going back to school here shortly. So good morning to Deandro, um, Fernand, Tamisha, Renice, Venisha, Leda, uh, The Best, 202. I don't even know what this one is. Nelly, is that Nelly? Um, All joining us, Dolores, uh, Kenyu, Jessica, all joining us on Instagram this morning. We've got Hank, um, Romardo, Nicardo, Karen, and a few others. So there's been a couple of things going on that we're waiting a confirmation on. We've heard this morning that one of the young men arrested um, in, the, um, in the murder situation might be appearing in court today to be formally charged. We're just trying to get some confirmation on that. And um, there've been a potential other arrest that we heard about yesterday for someone who gun residue may have been found in their vehicle and their street sources. Again, this is not yet confirmed by the police, but our street sources indicate that they had gone to the BRAC because things were getting a little bit hot, um, here in Cayman. So, um, there has been that situation. So yeah, um, We're continuing to keep our our ears to the ground in terms of, you know, what is happening there. Things have quieted down a little bit, but, you know, I think we all need to continue. Um... We're, you're free to, um, what was I telling you? I was just really very interesting. Um, sometimes y'all send the most interesting things that you want us to report on and we do not report on everything that we get. Believe me, you, your heads would spin if we did. Um, <clears throat> so the salaciousness going on in the email chain. But yeah, so, you know, continue to be vigilant. And I think that the long-term plan has to be where the focus is. Uh, taking one or two people off the streets who are responsible, directly responsible for these incidents, obviously what we want, but it's not the end all and be all of the situation. We have to really get the um, whole criminal thing component under control here in this country. And I feel like we forget so quickly about these things. Uh, Louise says there's a campaign circulating that needs signatures for the decriminalization of cannabis and Cayman. The time is now to act. Um, Yes. Thank you very, very much. Uh, Carol says C three B E. What is that, Carol? Is your phone typing for you? Good morning to Leslie joining us from Florida. Catherine says pay raises approved for parliament. Well, let's talk about that because that's not actually what has happened. I'm a little bit surprised, to be honest, that you guys have um, forgotten so quickly the facts. And this is where I knew that um, Brenda says, Sandra, this is a little BS. Then they're telling other people very wrong information. They need to get on the same page um i'm not sure miss brenda what that's about um just clarify that for me because um barometric cards are expensive but worth the investment of course um miss sue oh miss brenda says great minds think alike but fools seldom differ are we talking about the pay raise situation miss brenda just to be clear all right let me clarify We actually have the story in the queue and I wanted to review it because I didn't write the story and it is a little bit confusing, um, about what's happening here, right? So the Pat government, let me, let me just back up. Um, I'm trying to find the story actually. Huh? Oh yes. I see the story here. So I'm just making a mental note for myself after this show. I need to release the story. But um, the other writer who wrote it, she does not live in Cayman. And sometimes, um, oh, got it, Brenda. Thank you. Sometimes, um, you know, it needs a one over, especially when it comes to politics, because she doesn't necessarily know the players and kind of what's going on. This is what we know. Remember during the election, if you guys have been paying attention to CMR, you would know that one of the thorns in my side. Was the fact that the progressives government gave themselves a pay raise before they left office? Not only did they give themselves a pay raise, but they gave themselves a um, they gave themselves a severance package, so that in the event um, you don't they don't get reelected, which meant that they could not run. That's one way of not getting reelected, like Tara Rivers or if they were voted out, they would still get a three month severance package. So be very clear about what transpired folks. They gave themselves a pay raise and they also gave themselves a three month severance package. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So people who didn't get in, and we all know who they were, Alva, um, the member from East End, uh, Mr. McLean, Northside, Ezard, um prospect, uh, um, prospect. Oh gosh, Austin Harris. Who else didn't get in? Um, Captain Eugene. I think those were the five that didn't get in. Right, they were not reelected. They all got a three-month severance package. Now, the thing that that grieves me about this, quite frankly, is. They got a three-month severance package with the people who worked for them. So the little workers in their office, right? Lower on the totem pole who probably needed that paycheck a little bit more. They're not making as much as the um, elected officials, obviously. Some of these elected officials are making $10,000, dollars $12,000. Um, you know, they... They don't get a severance package. So the second that um, election, the day of election results and their MP doesn't get back in, they're out of a job. Their contract is done. That's it. Now, as you also recall, one of the things that I had an issue with was the fact that the progressives government called an early election. Now, they did it in order to save um, having to be forced to take a vote of no confidence against then speaker of the House, Mr. McKeever Bush. So they basically said that they were not gonna do that. They were not going to entertain that idea. And the only other alternative was to prorogue I think is the technical term, the parliament, and call for an early election, which they happily did. And so this calling of um, an early election, my gosh, it's amazing how dirty your glasses can get, folks. This calling of an early election, meant that they had unfinished business. One of the bits and pieces of their unfinished business was that they had um, cabinet had decided to give, you know, the MPs and whatever this pay raise, but they hadn't yet allocated the budget for it. And there was other things that they also left on the table. Now the progressives has a reputation of doing this. And in fact, if you go back to comments made by the auditor general, you will see that this isn't the first time and the auditor general has basically said that the progressive government needs to stop doing this. They leave unfinished business on the table and a lot of times it has to do with money. But of course, you know, they were assuming that they were going to be um, getting back in without any issues and they would be taking the government again and that essentially um, they would be in good stead to just get in and pass whatever budget and whatever unfinished business that they had left over. Well, lo and behold, the people kind of put a little monkey wrench in their plans. And so they actually did not take control of the government. Many of them were reelected, but they did not get control of the government. So that has now left the new PAC government to finish their business. And so it is already passed, it's already done. Um, so it's not like the PAC government got in and had a debate or made a decision to give themselves a pay rates. What they're actually doing is they are finishing unfinished business in the sense that the budget component of it now has to be, um, taken care of. So I think that it's important for people to understand this because it's really, really easy. And I see some of the headlines that, um, <clears throat> are out and about in relation to this. And so it's really easy to say, oh my God, the PAC government has just gotten in there and all of a sudden they are already giving themselves a pay raise. Well, that isn't what they're doing. So I think to be fair to them, we do need to be as um, detailed as possible and really explain what has happened. It's like the other situation with the um, tourism stipend. This is another bit of unfinished business that the, pa- the progressive government has really left the country in a lurch about, right? So they only funded the tourism stipend until the end of May, purposely, I'm sure, because once again, they're like, oh, we're gonna get in, blah, blah, blah. And one of the things that they den- then did is they ran a campaign of, oh, if we get in, we are going to um, give you guys a pay raise. Well, they can say that all they want, but there was no documentary evidence that the Pat government had put anything in place to increase that stipend. So that was just political rhetoric, if you ask me. Uh, promises, and you know what? You know what them all came MLK and tell you, you better listen to them. What is it? A promise is a comfort to a fool. Somebody can promise you all kind of things. And at the end of the day, none of it uh, really matters in the sense that um, if they cannot deliver, or if they do not have the mechani- mechanisms even in place to deliver, pay them no mind. So this is exactly what they did: they funded the tourism um, stipend program until the end of May, and so the government had to do through supplemental funding. They had to require; they had to request another. $27 million from the finance committee. But the decision was you know, made to fund it through the end of May. The decision has been made to extend it beyond that point, obviously. Now, the other thing that the PAC government, um, not the PAC government, but the progressive government didn't tell you is despite the fact that they had um, funded it until the end of May and they were making you promises, again, promises of comfort to a fool, of how you were going to get this increase if their government got back in, there was no place in the budget. They, they didn't say where that money was gonna come from. And so it's interesting because they had no plan. Oh, what's going on with RCIPS? Um, oh, damn. Yep. Sorry. Right. You know how we get the breaking news here. So remember, I was just telling you guys, stick a pin. I'm gonna come out to that pack discussion. remember how I was just telling you guys that we heard this morning that um wow, snaps. Um we heard this morning that um mm-mm mm-mm-mm. We heard this morning that um, the guys were going to be in court. At least one of the guys was going to be in court this morning. Well, we've just gotten confirmation. Thank you so much for our astute listeners. Um, That the 36-year-old man that was arrested on Friday, July the 17th, um, in the Town District, this was the one in Lower Valley, actually, has now been charged with murder, five counts of attempted murder, and possession of an unlicensed firearm. Um... I think at this point, we can probably um just tell you who this who this person is, because I think we all know at this point um, let me just clarify something because I wonder if they actually took him to court already. So listen, five counts of attempted murder and possession of unlike, they're not kidding um, with this guy at all. So two arrested, a 35-year-old and a 36-year-old. We know who both of them are. Um, The police had previously asked us not to name them as they were continuing the investigation, but now that they have been charged, I think that that has been lifted. Um... So let me just see here. So yes, honey child, apparently he was renting uh, from a little old lady in the district of Lower Valley living practically in her house. You've got a murderer living in your house, folks. Let me assure you that you need to check people out before you allow them to become tenants. Especially if it's like a dwelling house that you're still a part of. Because heaven forbid some guys decided to retaliate and go and shoot up your house. And you got this guy living there. Um give me one second here. Um, what's her name? All right, folks, so that is uh, super interesting. You know, as we, um, as we get the news, we will certainly give it to you. Um, I'm going to come back to the pack situation here in a second, but the second person, quite interestingly enough, that has, um, been, uh, charged or not charged yet has been arrested. So the 35 year old is actually none other than, um, oh gosh, what's his name again? I'm always forgetting his name. Brandon, um, Ebanks Leslie so he has gone by both names there are people who and the Leslie side of the family who claims that oh don't give him that last name because technically he's not a Leslie he's an Ebanks but um you know the thing that that is surprised me about that one is um the fact that he was arrested in February of 2020, so just February of last year, in relation to shooting. He had come from Miami and was engaged in a shooting, and then he left, he was trying to leave the jurisdiction, and so it's weird because surely that would have been an attempted murder charge, suspicion of attempted murder and possession of an unlicensed firearm. How did he get out of police custody from February of last year? like what's going on with the trial. What's, I mean, it's just sometimes the police and the DPP and how they're handling uh, alleged criminals makes me really wonder, how do you let someone out who you said may have attempted to kill somebody else and a firearm and this not back out on the streets before they've even had a trial? Cause you know that if they're found guilty, um, that is a custodial sentence without a doubt. It's just crazy. So, um, you know, some family members have asked me to please clarify for them, for their sake, that he's technically not a Leslie, um, but his mother, I think may have given him that name because of some situation, um, with, with marriage or something. So, um, quite interestingly enough, um, his brother is Matthew Leslie, which we all, um, know, um, who Matthew is. And, um... yeah, it is what it is, folks. What a hot mess. Um, so it's just unbelievable, quite frankly. Uh, but yeah, so it looks like they've at least charged one and we'll see what happens to the other young man in terms of charges. Um, (sighs) what a thing. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Our people, boy, I tell you. Um, So, yes, going back to the situation, folks, with the PAC government. um, So these were things that had already been completed. And I know a lot of you think that it's just easy to undo a decision that the previous government took. And the short answer is it isn't because... um, I mean, we'll have to get the, the sort of parliamentary experts in here to explain to us how this would have to be done. But Parliament, at this particular time, it was just a finance committee that was meeting in order to approve things that had already been on the table. So as much as you think, we'll just tell them to undo it, to undo the pay raise, I do not believe that it is as simple as that, uh, especially the fact that they uh, have been given this this um completed task already right so it's kind of a situation think of it this way if you purchase a house from someone okay and um they've already gotten the green card on the house so they've even if they haven't gotten the green card but they're up to the belting they're up to a certain point in the foundation For you to go back and change a lot of structural things with that building would be near impossible so you might be able to change things like okay inside maybe a wall gets moved slightly or whatever but you still have to go back to planning and talk to them about the logistics of that um there will be there will come a point in time when there are things that are not possible for you to change and you just got to pay whatever the contractor is like listen the job has been done. Now I just need you to give me my money. So I think it's it's unfortunately that sort of situation. The Pat government has released their SPS, which is basically their two-year plan. Between January, it goes into effect, and up to 2024, um, of what they hope to accomplish. That's more than two years, isn't it? 22. No, that's two years. Um, And so there are things in there, for example, that they have about making sure that all school age children are getting fed that they are going to put in their budget. So they have that as a um, plan of action that they will be working on. So there are things that they can do, but I I do believe um, that the expectation that they can just reverse a decision that has already been taken as easily as that in the real world, when it comes to the logistics of, you know, parliamentary proceedings, the fact that they were just having a um, session, uh, sorry, give me one second. The fact that they were just having a session to approve budgetary things, they were not, they were not revoting on stuff. That's not what that was. So I think you know that we have to accept that the pat- the progressive government made certain decisions that yes are going to impact you and your lives, and so it has to be dealt with. Now here's what I find interesting: um, when y'all should have really been pissed off about this and sent a clear message about these pay raises and the severance pay, you actually didn't do it. Th- th- this is where I know came on. Is not quite right, you know. So now you want to say, um, you know this is a situation, the PAC government should reverse this. You know, what you should have done is hold Alan and his entire government, this is what I was saying during the election, responsible, instead of y'all talking about what a great job he did with COVID, it's easy for anybody to lock down a country this size. The issues that you should have been focused on, the sevens pay, the pay raise, um, all these things, otherwise it had been going on, y'all, y'all were not willing to hold his government accountable. But yet now you wanna hold the PAC government accountable for a decision that the progressive government made. It is a little bit peculiar, I must tell you. And so that's why sometimes I feel like I have to remind you all of the facts of what actually transpired. Now, here's what I can tell you. All MPs and um, government uh, officials, just like civil servants, they are on a pay scale. So none of us know exactly what the Premier makes. None of us know exactly what the the Minister of Finance makes or whatever, right? But what I have been reliably informed about is that to offset this pay raise situation, what the PAC government has done is that um, they have um, essentially started, and this would be the leadership. So this would be a decision that came from uh, Mr. The Honorable Wayne Panton. He started everyone at the lowest possible um, end of the pay, the pay scale. So he's not starting them in the middle up at the top. He's starting them at the low end. So I think that, you know, give them a little bit of credit in terms of the things that they can control at this point as it relates to that. The other thing that they've done is all of these overseas offices that, again, the progressives government wanted to spend all this money on setting up overseas offices. They wanted to have one in Brussels, um, one in Washington, one in Dubai, uh, one in Brazil. There's five offices. I think I only have four there. Brussels, um, Dubai, Washington, Brazil. I don't know who else is missing. But we did have um, I, an EU office before. I think it might have been in Brussels um, or maybe just in the European Union. But the issue with that is now that the UK is leaving the European Union, this argument that that will benefit us. Because the whole idea here is that we need to have these financial offices as a liaison so that they can do lobbying and logistics for us on our behalf. And there were people who had been promised these positions. Let me be very, very clear about this. There were people who were promised these um, five, like they would go and manage these five offices. And there came hands who were looking forward to living in Dubai. They probably always wanted to travel there and this is gonna be a great opportunity for them. Um, so the, the progressive government came up with this grand scheme idea that they would open up these five offices across the world um, to help lobby or financial services and take care of logistics and whatever. The Brussels office, people are questioning, like, does it really still uh, make any sense now that the UK, and by extension us, no longer has an affiliation with the European Union? So the benefits that we would have gotten being part of the EU no longer exists. So if that doesn't exist, then what's the point really? Like who are we lobbying? What are we, you know, what are we really doing here? The other concern that has been raised is that, um, and this again was the, the premier, the former premier, the progressive government has set up this ministry of investment, aviation, trade, and maritime affairs. This is going to be a new ministry. Remember we kept hearing about this eighth ministry or whatever. So this was going to be a whole new ministry under the progressive government and the, um, Alden McLaughlin was going to head that ministry up, right? So he had all these grand plans, again, to spend a whole lot of money setting up all of these offices overseas. The problem, the people who they have earmarked for those positions, so these were all civil servants, all senior civil servants, none of them had the requisite, I think, except for one had the requisite financial services experience. So you're sending them into the lion's den saying, you know, they need to be lobbying people and working on logistics as it relates to financial services industry, but yet they don't know the industry. Did y'all just hear what I said? This is where I need you to pay very close attention here because by next week you've forgotten um, what I just said. And then it's like, huh? (sighs) Ugh, <sighs> what a hot mess. Mm-mm, So, um, yes, that's quite a situation. Um, again, you know, you've got to get all the details of, of what's happening. So it's one thing to agree or not agree with decisions that are being, um, made, but it's a whole other situation to just make sure that, um, we have the correct facts that we're dealing with. So instead of, pushing money into because they hadn't gotten far enough in the decision-making process as it relates to these overseas offices. So my understanding is people have been told that they would have been getting these jobs. I don't think that they've actually signed any contracts, but promises were made. And you heard what I said earlier about a promise is a comfort to fool. So promises were made and um, people were excited about going overseas and perhaps living overseas on the dime of the Cayman Islands government. But what the PAC government has done instead is they're going to um, take that money from the budget that was earmarked for these overseas offices and use that to actually assist small businesses. So we will have, um, we will extend an invitation to members of the PAC government to come in and to provide a bit more details on all of these things. We do know for the first time ever in the history of the Cayman Islands, the PAC government has committed, and I think, you know, give them credit where credit is due. They have committed to uh, giving a um, publishing post-meeting summaries after each parliamentary session. So again, um, this is the first time that this is happening. Give me one second here. Um, let me just, um, so I'm just trying to, I'm trying to assist the other young lady with writing a story at the same time. So, um, you know, someone else is making a comment here. And again, listen, This is the cool hard truth, y'all. And we really do our best to give you all of the details so that you are as informed as possible. Because you know Aunt Lottie's words of wisdom, knowledge is power. So when you know, you know. So the other thing that you should know is that um, the former premier, Alden McLaughlin, apparently um, had a special car already purchased just for his ministry so that he could have his own car if he won. Let me let me try to break this down for you all a little bit here. So currently, the two people that have access to a driver, and this was established way back when by Mr. Bush when he was the first premier of the Cayman Islands or the first um, premier, yes, of the Cayman Islands. So there's certain benefits that come with that. So um, the first premier has a driver, and this was continued. Okay, so he has a personal driver. They drive, I think it's one of the range rovers or land rovers or whatever the heck they're called. So they have a driver and the deputy premier also has access to a driver. Now, the last deputy premier was who? Uh, Mr. Moses? Well, of course, you know, Mr. Moses spends a lot of time of his time in the BRAC because he is a BRAC MP as well. They get allowances for their offices. And this is another thing, the PAC government ha- had also increased the amount of allowances. Now, to be, not the PAC government, the progressive government, sorry, the, the P's. To be fair to the progressive government, let me say this much. When they changed over from the legislative assembly to parliament, there's a whole separate entity now. Um, I forget what, it's, what these official office is called, but parliament has been separated and they have their own budgets. So I think before they fa- they fell under the, um, office of Pox, the public, um, oh God, what's Pox stand for again? Um, but it's the same office that does all the civil servant salaries and benefits and whatever. Pox, um, POCS, what the heck does Pox stand for again? Civil Service Whatever. But that was Miss Gloria Matfield, um, I think heads that up, right? So their budget was coming under like another section of government. Now that they are parliament, they're completely separate. So they have by law and by the constitution, they will have their own budget for running parliament and their own um, you know, separate committee management committee for parliament that is responsible for making certain decisions and their own staff. And so even staff that previously worked in the legislative assembly, it is my understanding that they had to reapply for their positions under parliament. So here we have two established offices. Thank you so much to my astute listeners. Pox is the portfolio of the civil service. Oh, half the time you can't remember all these Ackermans, right? Um, But yes. um, So now they have things separated, right? Where Parliament is its own legit and separate entity, really. And um, so um, the Premier, the former Premier, Mr. Alden McLaughlin, apparently got very, very used to having his own vehicle. And we know that this was a little bit of a sticking point for him. And I kind of mentioned this during the election. I'm sure that some of you thought, oh, Sandy's just being petty with Alden. But I really wasn't. Alden really enjoys having his own driver. He's not had to drive for the past eight years. And the driver takes him everywhere. So you see the driver, if he's at the bar there and and breakers, the driver's not far off. So that when he comes out, you know, he can go pick him up and take him home safely because he's probably had one or two. Um, You know, he's just gotten used to that life. And I suppose it is really, really difficult. But the second he did not get elected and when they were the day that they were swearing in the new government, it was kind of interesting because someone messaged me and said, oh, the driver has picked up Mr. McLaughlin from his house and prospect was going to take him to parliament. But that was going to be their last ride. I would have loved to have been a mosquito in that car, not even a fly, a mosquito in the car to hear what that conversation was like. Cause you know, that must have been a very interesting conversation, folks. What do you say to a driver that has probably seen a lot over the past four years and will no longer be driving you? Hmm. Shout out to Brandy, Bradley, sorry. I'm um, Aiden joining us on Neville on Instagram. So yeah, so that was his last ride. So listen to how crazy this is. Driver picks him up, takes him into Parliament, so he can see um, the other people get sworn in, the people that he obviously did not want to run the government. But then he has no ride home. And I thought about it. Who gave Alden a ride home that night? Poor Alden. I mean, I could have offered him a ride had he hung around long enough, but, you know, I was working, so I had my media stuff to do. Um, But yeah, that's it. He, He was done. Once the other people got sworn in, that vehicle became... Mr. Um, premier uh, Wayne Panton and Deputy Premier Chris Saunders. So lo and behold, we hear that apparently Alden had the special car already purchased and ready to go for his new ministry so that he could still be driven around. You want to know the irony of this? Remember when Mr. Bush was um, Premier when he first got in and everybody was up in arms? Not everybody, Alden and his people who were in the opposition at the time were up in arms about, Oh, he's taking advantage of the office and he's having his fence worked on. He's got security posted at his house. All of that isn't necessary. And then two twos, eight years later, all y'all have forgotten and uh, who gets his fence fixed by NRA public works or whoever new fence put in during the right during the election Alden McLaughlin, the same dude who, when it was, when the shoe was on the other foot, he was castigating Mr. Bush for wanting these upgrades as being um, the the um, premier of the country. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. So um, this idea of Alden getting this vehicle and all the things that he had tried to, a lot, uh, started to come out if you were listening closely to the proceedings, because our little... Um, Compadre, the Honorable Minister um, Kenneth Bryan, is very, very astute and he knows what's going on. And he started a line of questioning that apparently um, Alden McLaughlin, who's now in the opposition bench, wanted to shut down immediately. And the reason why he wanted to shut that down is because it was going to be revealed in Parliament for the entire country to hear that he had actually already set aside this money for, um, you know, this position in terms of um, the vehicle and all this other stuff. So he was he was making some big time plans, folks. I I have actually heard through the grapevine and I've not been able to confirm this 100%, but I have heard through the grapevine that apparently some of these civil servants actually have contracts signed for these positions in the overseas offices. And they were so happy to, um, you know, jump on that opportunity, that now they are thinking about, listen to this fallout, this potential fallout, they are thinking about actually um, suing the government for breach of contract. Because they were promised one thing under Alden's administration, and now that hasn't happened. And so now they're like, you have to open these foreign offices, and if you don't, we're going to sue you. This is this is a real-life fallout, folks, that can potentially happen. So y'all need to be careful. Y'all need to be very careful what you're asking the PAC government to take on and you want them to do. Sometimes when they go in there, they got to just work with the mess that's there. Um... So Natasha says this is not true about the increase in salaries and pay raises. It is part of the reason why many did not vote them in. Check your own program. Well, I guess enough didn't care about that issue. To really remove the ones, because Natasha, the ones that needed to be removed, in my opinion, were not really the ones that got removed. You know, the, the leadership. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again that if you hope to affect any change, what you do is you start at the top, folks. You you cut the snake off at the head. You do not um, go for the lowest hanging fruit because those are the easy ones. So it's relatively easy to say, oh, take out Austin. Yes, his constituency might not have been happy with him, but he was doing what the head was telling him to do, which was Alden McLaughlin. So really the people of Prospect and Red Bay should have been focused on Alden McLaughlin as much as, if not more, um, that they were focused on uh, on just a prospect member. We just hit 400 people on YouTube and Instagram. Big shout out to YouTube folks who are back in full swing. They're like, we're not missing a beat. We're back here this morning. Um, so Lena, in case you missed it, uh, this was unfinished business in a sense that the budgeting part of it was unfinished. But what we'll get, you know, the people who were on the inside, we will get them to explain this perhaps in a little bit more detail. So we have extended the invitation to the PAC members and we're just waiting on them to, I know that they've been super busy as it relates to the SPS and now that that has been presented to the country and we have an idea of what their vision is going through the next couple of years, um, we need them on this program at least once a week. And so we have made the space for them to come on and talk to the people. Right now there's 400 people between YouTube and and Facebook. Instagram is holding steady at another 20 folks. Um, So, you know, 402 people. Yeah, they, if they know if they need to talk to the people who they need to come to. Let's just be honest. Um, and we do want to hear from them. And I think that this, this idea of doing these uh, summaries after each cabinet meeting is a great idea. First time that it's ever been done. And I do think that it speaks to the willingness of this government to do things a little bit differently the willingness of the PAC government to, to be more engaged with the people. Now I do think that they have more work to do. And, um, you know, I think that coming on platforms, talking to the people directly on a regular basis, cause I know that y'all don't read, you know, so there's a whole new cabinet section on the Cayman Islands, um, government website. We put this story up. So I'm going to send you the link here for that story, but I know, and you all know that you don't really read, And this isn't a kick on anybody here in Cayman. This is human nature. Nobody really reads anything anymore. It takes a lot for people to sit down and want to read a news article. That's why we keep our news articles short and sweet because we know when they start to get like paragraph five and six in too much detail, y'all like checked out already. You want to talk about your kids got ADHD. The truth of the matter is Because of technology and so many other things, we all have a little bit of ADHD in that our attention span as we continue to use technology continues to shorten itself at an amazing rate. Do you know for the first time in recorded history, the intellectual capacity of the human race is actually on the decline? Y'all can believe that or not, but I'm telling you facts. So um, the recommendation is that, unfortunately, they do more and more video snippets. Even on this platform, I sit here and I do a two-hour show. I know you guys are super busy. Some of you are jumping in out of the program. You're at work, you're half listening, you go back later on and you listen. I have decided that one of the things I'm going to do to kind of bring it in a condensed format and to bring it home is I'm going to start addressing singular issues, like how we've talked about this pay raise. I'm going to go away and do an opinion. It's an opinion piece on um, just that pay raise segment. And that's it. Because some of y'all, that's all you're going to watch. And you're like, oh, okay, now I get it. For you to stay tuned, although we still have almost 400 people, for you to stay tuned and stay engaged throughout a two-hour program, I know is a little bit challenging, also because everybody's busy, you know? So this is a good step, I think, that the premier and his cabinet members have decided. So going forward, the cabinet office is going to publish a summary of the decisions taken by cabinet meetings following confirmation of the minutes which occurs at the next meeting of cabinet, which is usually in a week. So cabinet meets once a week on Tuesdays. So the following Tuesday, we'll now get to hear what they decided on the Tuesday before. This is good. Remember just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about a cabinet paper and a cabinet um, decision that the previous um, government took, the, the previous minister there, um, John John, that benefited and approved this dock that was just like, you know, planning was against it. DOE was against it. The neighbors were against it. Nobody was in favor of this humongous dock in some rich Crystal Harbor neighborhood, right? And uh, they got sued. The government got sued, as well as the dock, the homeowner, to say that this decision um, was... Illegal, illogical, and something else. And the court did find on one of the three points that it was illogical. They couldn't understand why this was approved and why the objections to the building of this private dock, which was going to have an environmental impact, was going to change the the landscape of that entire area, um, set a a precedent that nobody really wants to set. All of these things were going to happen and be a direct fallout of this decision, Cabinet didn't consider any of the objections, and so the decision magistrate, uh, magistrate judge um, Ramsey Hale, found was completely illogical, and on that ground, it was basically thrown out. And now it has to go back to cabinet um, for them to reconsider the matter. Given the decision, I'm sure cabinet this time around will actually turn it down, turn down the request if the person submits another request, right? Or do they have to still do the decision even if they don't submit it? So normally what happens with judicial review is they're going to say, yes, this is an illegal, illogical decision or whatever. And then they send it back to the deciding body to fix it. Just like immigration, you know, decisions, they send it back to the immigration appeals tribunal and they say, fix this. And that's how, how the courts normally handle it. So, um, essentially, uh, this is the first summaries of decisions of a sensitive nature, matters of national security, matters where publication breaches, regional international conventions, and any matters that relate to um, personal privacy will be undisclosed. But I think that this is still um, a good step, uh, a a right step or a good step in the right direction. And of course the governor has expressed um, that he's very pleased to approve the government's request to publish weekly summaries, and that it is a strong indicator of the new government's commitment to good governance, which is what we've been asking for, right? We've been asking for accountability, good governance, et cetera, et cetera. Why would the government be trying to subverse information and hide information from the people even when it comes to cabinet decisions only God knows? And this has been happening forever. There's a lot of cabinet decisions that we don't even know what they're talking about. We don't know what's going on. And so now it's good that we will know. they've set up an entire section um, on the website where this information will be made available. So here's a summary from July 13th. Um, And again, it's, it's available right here. So let us have a look at this information. Give me one second to share it with you all. This is me looking at it for the first time along with you good people right here in the program. Miss Anne, thank you so much, darling. How are you? She says, uh, those friends uh, done got new contracts just before the election. Well, you know, this was a thing, right? I suppose the um, previous government, the progressives, was somehow, um, ugh, they were counting on getting in for sure, and that's why they fought so hard, and that's why they were so upset, even after not getting in. Um, But, um, oh, hold on one second. I got to see what time I got to go to court. We might have to end the program a little bit soon. Let me look at the grand court list. But, yeah, you know, they they were upset because a lot of side contracts and a lot of deals were um, not going to to be on the table. So, yes, honey child. Um, mm-hmm. So I was just reminded that um, um that we may have something going on. So here's the first one from July the 13th. So that should have been last week, Tuesday. Is that correct? Let me just have a look at my little calendar here. Yes, yes, folks. That was last week. So now we click on this. Wait a minute. Where is it? we open the PDF? Oh, sorry. It's on the other screen. I was like, hold on a second here. Where did it go? Um, Right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Let's reduce the size. We don't quite need it at 267%. Maybe 200% is good. Lovely. So cabinet um, of the Cayman Islands post-meeting summary. Uh, The the governor chairs um, the meeting of cabinet. Yes, that's the protocol. All ministers and members of cabinet were present. Well, that's good to know. You see, you even get a little attendance record. I keep telling y'all that we know for a fact um, because this government did not get in that um, some of them are really, really upset and not even showing up to work. Mr. McLaughlin showed up on Friday just in time for lunch, but not before then. Hmm. I'm just saying. Um, but yes, so I think we should have an attendance record of everything, not just cabinet, but it's good to see that we do have a a cabinet one here. Um, so they approve the census order 2021 and the census Cayman Islands amendment regulations, approve adjustments in appropriations to reallocate funding for various outputs and programs within the Ministry of Tourism, approve the appointment of Mr. Michael Austin as chair and Alistair Mason as deputy chair to the board of directors for the auditor's oversight authority. You know what is so interesting about this? Stick a pin. You know, I keep telling y'all that um, it's very possible that I have a little bit of um, psychic ability. And I know y'all think that I'm just joking with you, but listen, listen carefully. Um, I saw yesterday for the first time this auditor's oversight authority. I didn't even know that there was such a thing. And I went to physio, Um, you know, they're now in the, oh God, what's the name of that building? They are now in the, um, oh, it's where the old HSBC, the old HSBC building. So they're in there. And on my way to physio, I see on the door, this auditor's oversight authority. And I thought, who the heck are they? And lo and behold, I'm now seeing that they have a new chair and deputy chair. I've never even heard of this authority before, so this is incredibly interesting. Do you guys remember also, yesterday we were talking about the kunk and how there was this kunk poaching in frank sound and all of this kunk had um, had gotten stolen, right? Well, um, someone mentioned, because I was saying those poor people at the Pines are going to be so sick and tired of um, eating kunk. Like, how many ways can you fix kunk? And so we were going through all the different ways. And someone mentioned, I don't recall who it is right now, but someone mentioned the fact that you can eat curry kunk. And I'm like, curry kunk? I've never heard, of, I shouldn't say I've never heard of curry kunk, but I've certainly never eaten curry kunk. I, I didn't even think curry kunk was a thing in Cayman. Lo and behold, I tell you no word of lie, yesterday, My husband um, went to a local restaurant that we frequent all the time. And he says to me, "Um, oh, and he doesn't listen to the show. Honest to God, he does not listen to the show. (laughs) So he says to me, "Um, I'm going to show you guys the message because I don't think you're going to believe me. So hold on, because, you know, my husband knows I love my food, right? So at 1.10 he was getting lunch and he was messaging me to basically say, um, what are you doing for lunch? And um, I was like, "Mm, I haven't thought about lunch yet. Now let me show you guys the picture that he sent me. I need to show you this. So he sends me a picture of what he's having and uh, he had called me but I was on another call so I didn't get to talk to him. But he sent me a picture of what he's having now look at what he sent me this is just beyond a coincidence he sends me this photo and I was like what the heck is that this is what he sends me look at this look at that he sends me this photo of this lunch and I'm like and then he he's making fun of me and then, this is him making fun of me. Um, you know this little meme that has been going around with me where I said, it's sweet, it's sweet, it's sweet. And he says, make sure he's clarifying the food is what he's referring to. So um, he starts to make fun of me. And I'm looking at this because he's saying the food is sweet. I'm like, but what is it? What, what kind of food is this? And lo and behold, it is curry kunk. The same thing we were talking about yesterday that I've never had and that I was curious about. Hi, Carla. Um, unfortunately you guys can't see it on Instagram. I'm sorry. We pull up these things on, on YouTube and Facebook, but the way Instagram is live stream, you guys can't, we can't show you pictures and stuff, screenshots. But anyway, this is what he was having curry kunk. And I was like, did you listen to the show yesterday? And he said, no, cause you never listen to the show. And I thought to myself, well, damn, I think I need to have me some curry kunk. So he got me some. I had it for dinner last night. First time ever in my life, I'm happy to say that now I have had curry kunk. And it was actually really good. Now, you know kunk can be tough. So when you cook kunk, you got to make sure that you pound it out properly. And uh, this is well pounded. And it was really, really delicious. Not too spicy on the curry, um, but it was good. And I ate it all. Curry kunk and white rice. Mm-mm-mm. So big shout out to the folks over at Arbutus And like I said, I go to Arbutus all the time. And I don't even recall ever seeing curry kunk on the menu. So I'm sorry that you guys can't see it. But if you want to see it on Instagram, switch to Facebook or YouTube. Um, so yes, I just wanted to share that really quickly with you guys in terms of the curry kunk situation. Anyway, Lena says there are a lot of promises made during the election by all candidates. But while I support PAC, what they know the people will not be leaving MPs elected for no length of time, no longer. Everything, everybody is on thin ice, people tired of the crumbs. Well, yes. Uh, Shannon wants to know where's Arbutus. They are in um, what used to be Merkel Center. Now it's called Cannon Place. And every day they have a long list of items, Charlie. Always have a big menu. And their food is actually really good. They'll do like salmon and steak and shrimp and lots of local dishes and stuff as well. But there you go. Mornis says she cooks curry cunk all the time with a little coconut milk and she loves it. Hmm. I might have to try making it. I'm not a big cunk person in terms of like, I don't necessarily eat a lot of cunk and I don't necessarily cook. Like I, I've only cooked stew Cunk once in my life, <laughs> to be honest, um, just because I wanted to try it to be able to say I've cooked stew kunk. Uh, The hardest part for me with cooking stew kunk was getting the pie right. You know, the the part that's made out of um, flour, basically, because you can get it too thick. It's really easy to get it too thick. So getting it just right. Uh, Mine was a little bit thick. And then I remember my uncle, bless his his soul, he's passed away since. But I had to have my uncle try it because, you know, he's married an East Ender, so. If he said a dish tastes good, he going to know what he's talking about. And he's not going to lie to you just because you're his niece. Uncle Raymond, going to tell you the truth. So he said, yeah. He said, no, this is a good, solid first effort. And, um, you know, just the pie needed to be a little bit thinner. And so, um, yeah. So Travis says, Cayman Mall Road, who's overseeing the government to make sure that this thing you're talking about doesn't happen again? Um, in terms of the pay raises? Well, that's our job. Me and you. What do you think we're here for? This is why we need to have these shows where we dig in deep. Or was this um, about the boat? The boat launching. Well, whichever one, um, you the people need to be kept informed. And quite frankly, that is part of our job. Yes. Dennis says, read what they've said and hold them accountable. Um, I'm personally happy with what they say they're going to do for the people and the country. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. It is what it is, folks. Uh, yeah, so what can I tell you, except that we all have to keep an eye on them. That's what we're here for. So curry is nice. Yes, I've had curry lobster. Um, so we have a comment here that amazing food and prices, even though they're slow. <laughs> Well, I think what has happened, Irvin said she's going to be running over to her right now to see their menu. Um, I think what has happened is they get really, really busy. And sometimes you can be a victim of your own success. And I see this happening with like Welles, right? Everybody loves Welles food, but boy, you can get really pissed off at Welles if you try to call them on the phone and order. Now, our booters, not so bad, but Welles, oh, Jesus, peace. him. Nosa. You call them on the phone and that just rings and rings and rings and rings. Nobody will answer the phone probably 95% of the time during the lunch rush. And I have said to the people over at Wellis, I'm like, do you know how incredibly easy it is for you to fix this problem through the use of technology and just having one dedicated person? Because you'd be surprised how many more orders you'd be getting because you're missing. Listen, after I call Wellis four or five times, I'm not calling you back. The food, not all that. I mean, it's good, but I'm not starving. There's a lot of options in Cayman, okay? Um, and it's just frustrating. Like you feel so frustrated that, damn, you gotta be, yes, Damien, they need to get with the technology, online ordering, whoo, talk about that. Mm-hmm. Magdalene says, even on a Sunday, that they're not answering the phone, child. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Except it is very, very frustrating beyond. Um, and yes, I don't know. I don't know what to say on that note. Um, someone just messaged me and they laugh out loud. They said the curry, the curry conk. sweet, it's sweet, it's sweet. Yes. So, um, this is so funny because you know that whole video with me talk about. Well, the context of it wasn't none to do with food, it was to do with um, some of her family members who really loved them a Jamaican man because they're in on marriage number five and six, all failed marriages with Jamaican men. But like I said, it's sweet, it's sweet, it's sweet. So now that has gone a little bit viral in that. Um, it's been seen by a lot of people. <laughs> Let me put it that way. I think probably that video and the one with me cussing y'all out, young people on Instagram about the whole hair thing, when my hair was fly away, hot mess, and you were talking about my hair, and I kind of laid into you. Those have to be the two most popular um, viral videos from things that I have said that then people, they clip out just a portion of it, and then they use it, and I just, it's just so funny. So there's actually a GIF now of me saying it's sweet, it's sweet, it's sweet. Lord have mercy. Um, What can I say? You know, it is what it is. Um, So as a matter of fact, let me me just play it for y'all so you can see. (laughs) It's sweet, it's sweet. (laughs) I'm going to make that a permanent, we're going to embed that into something that we can use here on the show. Anyway, folks, um, I hope we've added some degree some degree of clarity on, um, you know, what is going on within the government. Let's go through this list in detail a little bit more tomorrow, this cabinet paper, because I think we want to review a few things. Cece says, they've been open far too long now for them to still catch Koch um, in that small corner, and it takes hours to get your phone. Yeah, they they could do a little bit better. But like I said, sometimes um, you get a little bit, you know, you're a product of your own success. You start to do really well. And then I'm sure Welles thinks, like, they make enough money. So even if they miss 10, 12, 20 orders, they're not missing it. Like, they're not like, oh, my God, we really need to step up because we need to, you know. And it's unfortunate because I think it's it's one of the perils of small to medium-sized businesses you do well enough and then you don't You don't understand how to transition to like the next step and how to level up on your customer service. And the inability to level up on your customer service when you're a restaurant in the restaurant business can be detrimental, but because their food is, is decent and because the prices are good, everybody's still going to is, although everybody complains about the service. But I've given them some recommendations like this would be relatively easy to fix. Speaking of... Um, companies leveraging technology. Big shout out to Foster's. I saw I was at um, I think it was Foster's of uh, Bay and I saw the signage outside the door. So this would have been Tuesday when I did my little tooth extraction. I went in to get my medication at the pharmacy. And because, um, you know, listen, within an hour, it was already throbbing. I was like, oh, going okay, I need some meds. So I went to the pharmacy, got the prescription filled because I had to go back to the dentist. I couldn't go very far. So I went to that particular location that I came on. I saw signage. Apparently Foster's has continued this whole online ordering thing. So you can order um, your groceries online and pay for them. And I think, I didn't re- read everything on the sign, but I think that this is a pickup service where you actually then go and pick up the groceries. So I don't know if they like pre-pack it for you and just have it ready. But you guys remember that during COVID, um, of course, there was this whole situation um, with people trying to figure out how to to, um, get groceries. So everybody was like, you know, grocery delivery services started to come into their own and that sort of thing. So, you know what, folks? It's still um, a great idea for people, I think, to get used to those types of services. Start to go online. And the thing about it, from my perspective, is I'm like, listen, make it happen before it's a necessity. Because when you're in lockdown and then it's a necessity, it's like, oh my gosh, the rush is on. We don't know what to do. Da, 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 da. We gotta throw something together. No, take your time. Now that we're not in a lockdown yet, we may go back there after those borders reopen. But you know, take your time and try to um, implement a program now that you can work out the kinks. It's a little bit slower and whatever. And then when you fully launch it, or you're in the middle of a lockdown, a pandemic, whatever, and um, you know, you have to then do it with a certain degree of um, urgency you've got it kind of worked out. So I thought that that was really nice when I saw that. Um, So yeah, CC reminds us that Kirk has been doing home deliveries even before the pandemic, so big up to them as well. Yeah, I mean, leverage technology businesses. Um, So Shannon says that the pickup service is $10, and she's been wanting to use it. It's good because if you, if I don't know, I haven't checked it out, so maybe we can ask Foster exactly how it works. But um, if they have, uh, you know, all of the products online where you can pick the brand and whatever and you see the pricing and everything, is accurate, then I don't see anything wrong with shopping online. Hello, Walmart, you can do it. Walmart Grocery is a thing, and uh, they're doing, like, regular delivery services every week if you want them to bring you bread and milk and whatever. They'll do all of those things. Um... Sue, I think I mentioned before that that's not as easy as you may think. Uh, Again, they were having finance committee meetings. They were not having meetings where they could reverse and undo decisions that had already been made. All right. Um, Okay, so I'm going to leave a little bit early today because I want to get to court. Again, a bit of breaking news here in the program. They have charged one of the young men that they've arrested for the murder of um, Mr. Wayne McLean. Now listen to how crazy this is. I know a young man in West Bay, this is how sad, and I'm gonna leave the show on this note because I've been talking about this before, how when these young men are popping off and they're shooting people and all this kind of stuff, they don't impact just one person. They impact the lives of a lot of people. So there's someone in West Bay who was sharing to me that the young man who died, is closely related to them, very closely related to them. And the alleged shooter who's now been charged, one of the lead shooters who's now been charged is a cousin. So it's like, they're related through mother and father. This one person is kind of like, wow, I can't believe my own cousin just shot my, I don't want to say what he is, because then you'll know who the person is, but shot someone who's really, really close to them. Family, blood, both, both blood. And I'm like, you know, Came out as small. And these are the repercussions and the implications of uh, what happens when you hurt people in such a small community. You're hurting your own family, really. And then the two young men that they have arrested for this um, are both cousins. No child. I'm not going to be saying nothing once once the trial starts. We will be very, very careful with our reporting. And I don't want y'all to be making no comments in the comment section, because apparently um, some criminals have um, made the argument that because man is so small, if we start talking about their case and they have a jury trial, especially that we will prejudice their case. So we will not be making that mistake. Um, so, yes, we're going to keep it very, very tight and we're only going to discuss certain things once the court proceedings begin. The court's proceedings have not begun as yet. So we will see. All right. So I'm going to rush so I can get to court and see what's going on. And uh, good morning, Rhonda. She says, good information. Some Caymanians make their memory short um, when they want it to be. Don't forget that the Turtle Center gave themselves a pay raise before this government. Also, a lot of money walked out the door. Never heard any more about it. Mm-mm-mm. There is something breaking at the Turtle Center as well. We're going to bring it to you a little bit later on this morning. Folks, mwah! y'all have a beautiful day. Do your thing. Go out there and earn your money legitimately. And um, we'll see you back here. I'll probably do a live stream from court, depending on what happens. So just keep a little eye out for Facebook. Normally, we don't do live stream even on YouTube when it's like on the fly. Um, so keep it tuned. Keep it locked. Um, and we will see you guys a bit later on.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at CaymanMarlRoad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings.